Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2019 is brought to you by our Indiegogo producers, Richard Kreutz-Landry, Robert Anderson, The Drinking and Screaming Podcast, The Ostium Network, Damian Sidlow, Max Kasparek, Aaron Keon, Kyle Decker, Rocky Lee, Ryan Bolter, and Neon Green Tiger. A very special thank you to all of our Indiegogo supporters and to the IPM organizational team. And now, on to the episode. Hey there, IPM listeners. This is writer, director, producer, uh, Dwayne here. I just want to say thank you for taking a chance and listening to my little project here. And I want to give a great big shout out to the whole team behind International Podcasting Month. It's a great, great group of people making audio magic happen for you. It's I, I look forward to it every year. I'm glad I could be. Before we dive into uh, the Arrow Girl Adventures audio movie, I want to give you a quick history on the project. I began working on this as an episodic audio drama about a year or so ago and released about five episodes. And then unfortunately my computer up and died on me and I thought I had lost all of the files. So disheartened, I didn't want to go back on it. I was just kind of crestfallen. But fortunately for me that I'm a pack rat and I don't throw anything away, I kept the computer in my garage for about a year or so until I finally decided to see if one of my more technically inclined friends found me salvage some of the files, and lo and behold, I was able to pull off pretty much everything and restore about 95% of what I had. Um, I didn't really know what to do with it until IPM 2019 came around, and I figured what a better place than just to release it in one big fell So this is a audio drama adaptation of the comic book miniseries The Adventures of Arrow Girl that came out through Action Lab Comics. Enjoy. Boys and girls, your attention, please. Thank you for tuning into this radio program featuring a dynamic and exciting new personality, The Arrow Girl Adventures. It tells the story of Jacqueline McKenzie as she traverses the journey from child to adult as well as sidekick to superhero. As her heroic persona, Arrow Girl, she battles supervillains with a gauntlet, a jetpack, and her wits, as long as her homework is finished first. Our story begins in Fox Bay, the jewel of the Pacific Northwest. For decades, the city has been protected by a plethora of costumed heroes, none more heroic than the wielder of the battle spirit. Granting the hero increased strength and nigh invulnerability, it is currently wielded by Battlejack. We find Fox Bay's fearless familial heroes on the rooftop in the industrial district, and it is way past dinner time. Tell me, what do you see, Arrow Girl? That dim-looking mountain of a man must be Strongman. And Bearded Woman is the only person I know capable of carrying things with their facial hair. It's safe to say that Ringmaster must be inside. But if Strongman isn't careful, he's going to... Watch it, you clumsy oaf. Hey, you watch it. I'm the one moving all the heavy stuff, you know? I don't get it, Dad. What is the Three Ring Gang doing robbing Caltech? Their ammo is usually a pure cash grab. They probably don't even know how to turn half this stuff on. The criminal mind is a confusing thing, Princess. 
What we need to focus on is wrapping this up quickly and quietly. I promised your mom we'd be home in 10 minutes. Here's the plan. I'm going to go down there and handle this as quickly as possible. You keep a lookout for Ringmaster and anyone else that might be here. Dad, come on. This is a three-ring gang. It's not like it's Shadow Fist or Dr. Chimera. I can handle these two jokers. Cupcake, I appreciate your enthusiasm, and I did promise to let you start contributing more, so this is what we're going to do. If, and only if, Strongman goes back in the building and Bearded Woman is clearly alone, you can take her out. I'll go in and handle the others. Deal? Deal. Our heroes don't have to wait long until... I know you're as big as an ox, but do you have to smell like one too? Go back inside and tell Ringmaster she needs to hurry up before we get caught. I need some fresh air. (laughs) That's my cue. Remember, Bearded Woman is a regular person under all that beard. As long as the beard doesn't grab you, you should be okay. I know, Dad. Use your gauntlet. Don't fight her toe-to-toe. Dad, I know. If you need any help... Dad, I got this. <laughs> Have fun, princess. Grinning ear to ear, the pint-sized hero in training steps off of the roof and begins to plummet towards the unsuspecting follicle fiend. Engaging her jetpack, at the last moment she accelerates into the bearded woman, knocking her into a nearby dumpster. Freak Show, time to show Battlejack I can handle this. Freak Show? Child, you have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. Follicles erupt from the bearded woman's face, with hairy tentacles slithering towards Aerogirl. Ugh, that is so disgusting. The speedy sidekick darts around the alley, trying in vain to land a clear shot through the sea of living crystal rocks. Will you stop flitting around and fight like a woman? Says the person fighting with a living beard. Irony is always lost on you villain types. Firing darts from the gauntlet on her left hand, she deftly answers her phone with her right. Ugh, you've got to be kidding me. Kinda busy right now, Mom. Hey, honey. Are you on your way home yet? Uh, yeah, we were, but then we ran into some crime and shouldn't be more than a few more minutes. Tell your dad the meatloaf is on the table and he better not forget the bread or he won't have meatloaf sandwiches for lunch tomorrow. Mom, I'm dealing with a prehensile beard that keeps blocking my prank darts. I'll do my best to remember the bread thing. You're doing what? He left you alone? Gotta go. Love you. Oh, was that your mother? Is she worried because her little baby is out past curfew? You don't get to talk about my mom. We now move inside the Queltech building. The low whir of computers is mixed with the concerned murmurs of captured scientists huddled in the corners. Standing on the center table is the diminutive leader of the Three Ring Gang. Ringmaster, try to keep your grandstanding to a minimum. I need that equipment. It is of the utmost importance. Dressed in outlandish garb, Ringmaster holds her top hat in one hand and her deadly sonic disruptor in the other. Tell Bearded Woman to start the band, strong man. The good doctor wants us back as soon as possible. You got it, Ringmaster. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I see fear in your eyes. Will these costume criminals hurt us or <gasps> kill us? Worry not your nerdy little head. The Three Ring Gang are criminals of a different kill. All we want to do is thank you for participating in tonight's main event. The pilfering of your biosynthesizer! 
The unconscious form of strong man hurtles through the chaos, landing at the feet of the startled ringmaster. Oh, crud, puppy! Men and women of science, are we all okay? Is that Battlejack? Thank God, we're going to be safe. You have two choices, ringmaster. A. Surrender now, and I'll take you directly to jail. Or B. You get a whooping, and then you go to jail. How about C? I blast you with my sonic disruptor. Ringmaster unleashes a blast from her sonic disruptor. The sound wave destroys the tables, beakers, and anything in its path. But our hulking hero stands firm. Is that all? No, we didn't even face him. You might be strong, but do you think you can get across this room before I blast these poor nerds? I thought you said you wouldn't hurt us. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Will your morals go out the window at the first sign of adversity? Hey, I'm facing a 300-pound demigod and a little moral ambiguity is allowed. 300? I, I don't weigh a pound over 250. Really? What's your secret? Is it acid or is it paleo? That's like energy in, energy out. You know, I try to manage not to go to a... Hello? Supervillain here? Diet tips from Fox Bay's fearless hero can wait. What's it going to be, Battlejack? Me or them? Ringmaster, stop. Think about what you're about to do. You aren't a killer. You're... The tense standoff is interrupted by a shattering skylight oh. as the unconscious bearded woman crushes Ringmaster to the floor. Ha! Sweet! Caught her on the first try. <laughs> Was that necessary? Mom said not to be late. It's meatloaf night! Is your family always in a rush in the mornings? Then you need to try Foxco toothpaste today. With three times the mouth cleaning power of other brands, you'll be done brushing in a heartbeat. Though we all know you should brush your teeth thoroughly, think of what you can do with all the extra time you'll have once you start brushing with Foxco Toothpaste's patented, easy-to-use tube and triple strength. Foxco Toothpaste instantly begins to fight bad breath, tooth decay, and the dreaded gingivitis on contact. Remember, if you're in a rush, nothing beats Foxco Toothpaste. Our heroes are enjoying a meal at the Mackenzie family home. Room temperature meatloaf is slowly being eaten as young Jacqueline regales her mother with her exploits in defeating Bearded Woman and Ringmaster. It was awesome, Mom. I've heard talk about Bearded Woman before, but it was so amazing to face down that sea of ginger hair. Her beard smelled like old man Henneman's dog after it comes out of the pond. The hair was everywhere. I kept trying to hit her with the trank darts like Dad said, but the hair kept battling them away. It was like, whip, whip, whip. You wouldn't think hair could move that fast. And then you called, you remember that, of course. Of course you do. You were there. Anyways, I know Dad said not to get too close, but then I turned on the jetpack on full and booted her right in the head face. That's great, dear. I'm glad you had fun. That wasn't even the best part. I saw Ringmaster had the drop on Dad. (laughs) Hey, I was in control of the situation. Yeah, were you going to monologue her into submission? Anyways... Dad needed saving, so I dropped Bearded Woman on Ringmaster's head. Saved is a very strong word. In some situations, a little diplomacy can save you from a lot of unneeded violence. Let her have her moment. You know what? You're right. You were definitely the hero tonight. You know, Dad, 
I'm definitely ready for a solo patrol. I handled almost all of the action by myself anyway tonight. Absolutely not. You're not old enough to date, let alone fight God knows what by yourself. Your mom has a point, Pumpkin. You haven't been training all that long, and... I'm not a child anymore. I'm as old as most of the teen stars, and they go out with adults all the time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't they a demigod speedster, an Atlantean, a girl from the center of the Earth, and a boy from Saturn? You forgot, Giglio. What's a Giglio? No one really knows. It's not fair, Mom. Chris is a year younger than me and has been bandit for years now. Ben doesn't even stop him from patrolling. Chris is an exception. He was raised by a league of ninjas in some mountain retreat. Ooh, honey, you uh, you know how the ninjas feel about the word retreat. Actually, they feel badly about any words anyway. It just wasn't ninja club men. Seriously, Jack? Chris has been training for 10 of his 13 years. He's been doing this almost as long as your father. And if he was my child, I would still be uncomfortable with him being out there. You're not a godling. You're not an alien or even trained by ninjas since birth. You're just a regular girl and... Regular girl? Jacqueline storms from the kitchen, slamming the door on the way out. I didn't mean... A secret laboratory is a buzz of activity as the mutant Animen move about completing their menial tasks. The evil geneticist, Dr. Chimera, sits and stares at a large wall of monitors that flicker with what to an average person would appear to be incomprehensible data, but to this unparalleled intellect is a symphony of knowledge. Hi! Why, oh why, did I mix your monkey DNA with a turtle? Why not a cheetah? Or better yet, a spider. Either would have made a better assistant. Ah, ah, ah. ah, yes. I always forget how adorable you are. Go fetch my astral vibroslicer. I can no longer wait. Battlejack has refused my request to study the battle spirit. Oh, 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 oh. Just because I tried to mutilate a few buses filled with school children is no reason for him to stand in the way of research that could change the world. You're correct, as always, my friend. I've wasted too much time trying to siphon the battle spirit from him. <laughs> it is possible that he will not survive the process, but the needs of the many will always outweigh the needs of the one. Back in the Mackenzie kitchen, Jack and Diane quickly wash dishes as the tension still lingers from Jacqueline's hasty departure from dinner. Is it wrong that I want my daughter to be safe? You could have backed me up. She needs to know that we're both concerned about her. I don't always have to be the bad guy. I know, dear, but you should see her out there. She's a natural. I really think she could have handled tonight without me. She's just a child. You broke your word, Jack. You promised me you would go slow. 
You know I don't like the idea of her being out there, but I'm not naive enough to think I could convince her otherwise. How long have you been lying to me? Are you telling me this is the first time she's fought a crime unsupervised? Honey, yes. She's never fought someone like Bearded Woman alone before. She's caught an errant, non-powered robber once or twice. This was her first meta fight, and she succeeded with flying colors. Not only did she beat Bearded Woman, but she had the wherewithal to bring her to the roof and drop her on Ringmaster. She was a hero tonight. Damn it, she's changing and you don't even see it. You get caught up in all this fantasy life and forget she's just a 14-year-old girl. You have to remember she isn't just your plucky sidekick. She's your daughter. She needs time to have a regular life. Her grades are still excellent, and if anything, she's getting more confident. Is that a terrible thing? Of course not. But when was the last time she went out with her friends? How many gymnastic practices has she skipped out on to fly around town with you or to work with you on her gear? One day, she's not going to be normal anymore. We both know this. You're right. I'll go talk to her. But remember, normal isn't always a good thing. You didn't think I was normal when you met me. Look how great not choosing normal worked out for you. Don't remind me. (laughs) Inside the Mackenzie's converted RV garage, we find Jacqueline and Jack in the midst of their nightly sparring match. Weight sets are accompanied by uneven bars and rings, as this area is designed for all of Jacqueline's extracurricular activities. Both father and daughter are wielding padded pugil sticks and are gracefully moving about the matted floor. Are you sure you can't skip the zoo thing tomorrow? It's not every day someone aims a gorilla after you. I have to be there. Quit changing the subject. (laughs) Your mother's worried about you. You and Mom both said if I was going to do this, I would have to take it seriously. That's what I'm doing. What's Mom's problem? Watch your tone, young lady. She's your mother, and she's worried about you. Arrow Girl can't be your whole life. Ah! Didn't you do the same thing when you first got the battle spirit? I remember Mom getting mad at you for missing dinner almost every day. I was a 25-year-old married man. Not a 14-year-old still in high school. I had to step up and fill the void after Battalion died. It seemed like every one of his villains tried to take over the city at the same time. I didn't have a choice. The city was falling apart. And even with the battle spirit, I was overwhelmed at the beginning. I barely made it through all of that. If it wasn't for your mom, the construction business would have gone belly up. Whew. Good session. You almost had me a few times. Father and daughter relax after their workout on the back porch, enjoying the cool Washington night air. Dad, what's Mom so worried about? I know what I'm doing. She's your mom. She's worried about you from the moment she knew you existed. Heck, your mom worries about me, and I have the battle spirit on my side. Yeah, but I'm helping you help people. I'm not out risking my life for fun. Haven't you always told me that a hero puts others first? Yes, but we don't fight just to fight. 
You have to stop and see what you're fighting for. It's not healthy to be a hero 24-7. You need perspective. That's why Dark, Ben, and Chris cover Fox Bay for us one week a year. We go away and we get to be the Mackenzies. Your mother needs that almost as much as we do. All right, that's enough talk for tonight. What do you say we hit the hay? You've got your gymnastics meet in the morning, and I've got a gorilla to meet. Tell me about the battle spirit again, Dad. Again? How many times can you hear the same story? We have to get going. You have to be up early tomorrow. Please? All right. All right. But to do this justice, we should really start from the beginning. Since the founding of Fox Bay, there has been a champion charged with protecting the citizens from all threats. It started with Fox Bay's first sheriff. Have you lost your mind, Grizzly Jane? If this train explodes over the dam, it'll flood the town. One town to change the world, Sheriff Steele, a price I'm more than happy to pay. They battled evil geniuses, paranormal entities, and even the occasional extraterrestrial being. Come out, come out, wherever you are, Shadow Sable. I don't know how you got out of that big house, but I'm sending you right back there, Metal Marauder. Occasionally, a problem would arise that the champion could not handle alone. Metal Star, are you okay? I'll recover, as Professor Proton found a way to send this thing back to where it comes from. Not yet, this is close. Very well. Back at it. The career of a champion is finite, so the wise ones would find a protege before they could train their eventual successor. Is it only me, or are there less ninjas than we expected, Night Watchmen? Fewer. Fewer? Good grammar is essential, Kid Midnight. Thanks. You're welcome. Or, like me, it's passed to someone who was in the wrong place at the right time. <coughs> Come here, dude. Holy cow, Battalion! What happened? In no time, bro. The battle spirit needs a new host, and it's got to be you, my man. This has been a righteous ride, but it's time for me to fade out. What are you saying? Why are you glowing? What I don't understand, Dad, is how Battalion died. I thought the Battle Spirit made you indestructible. Almost indestructible. Part of me wonders if there was truth in Battalion's last words. Maybe the Battle Spirit knows when it's time for a new host. Stuff like this is why your mom worries. If Battalion can die, then the same thing could happen to me. That's why we train every day. I don't rely on just the powers. And when it's your time to take over, I hope you remember that. I know. I know. But don't die anytime soon. 
Okay? I'm not going anywhere. Get the feeling of ice cold refreshment with a satisfying bottle of Foxco Cola. Are you feeling the heat? Are you feeling lethargic? Go to your ice box and grab a bottle of Foxco Cola. You'll instantly feel refreshed. Anytime and anywhere is perfect for a bottle of Foxco Cola. With three times the sugar and three times the carbonation than the other leading brands, Foxco Cola is a surefire hit at any function. Loved by young and old, Foxco Cola is a must for every home. We find our young sidekick in training not in her heroic garb, but in a uniform of a different kind. Fox Bay High School's gymnasium is packed to the brim as eager friends and family wait for the start of this year's Washington State Gymnastic Championships. A seasoned coach addresses his young charges. All right, this is it, ladies. Everything we've worked for comes down to this. Every bump, every bruise, every dislocated finger has prepared us for this moment. The long practices, the hours of... Where are you? Mackenzie, are you hearing me? Do you have somewhere else to be? Something more important than the state championship? Right, right. Sorry, coach. I'm here. I'm ready. I know you're all feeling nervous, and that's okay. Take those butterflies in your stomach. When we get on the floor, turn them into dragons. Let that nervous energy feed them. Let those dragons get strong. Let's go out there and breathe fire. Jacqueline goes through the motions of her stretching routine, but her mind is clearly on something or someone else. Hey, what's your problem? You looking for a boy? Maybe that Chris you were always talking about? Ugh, I've told you, he's just my friend. Before Chris's dad passed away, he and my dad used to be really good teammates. Teammates? Like, on a softball team? Uh, yeah. Something like that. Well, if it isn't a boy, then who are you looking for? It's just, my dad isn't here. I just feel so off when he's not around. Come on, what is with you and your dad? You spend every free minute with him. You even skip the last three team movie nights to help him with his train set. I have been to your house and I've never seen a single train in there. Listen, Carly, I'm not going to apologize for liking to hang out with my dad. Mackenzie, you're up. Fox Bay Zoo is abuzz with activity. Not only is the zoo unveiling its newest resident, the largest silverback gorilla ever seen in captivity, it is also Battlejack Day. The city's biggest and brightest star stands proudly as Mayor Busiek addresses Battlejack's adoring fans. Ladies and gentlemen, good citizens of Fox Bay, let's really give our guest of honor a warm welcome, the latest protector of our fair city, Battlejack! done for this city, defending us against the invasion from Nightmare World, stopping the Lava Man uprising, eliminating the threat of Jardoom from the textbook Fiction War, and turning back the Great Catane Offensive from the Pan Nebula. As a personal recipient of his heroism, on more than one occasion, I can attest to his heroics. No one will ever forget the chaos of the shape-shifting Raxco and my doppelganger trying to ban superheroes. I'm sure my wife wishes 
the Roxconian me stayed some days. <laughs> because of this and countless other acts of heroism, we are proud to announce today as Battlejack Day. Thank you, Mayor Busick. It's been my honor to not only protect Fox Bay, but to call it my home. I look out at all of you, and I don't see the citizens of Fox Bay. I see my friends. I see... Do you know what I see? <gasps> Sheep. Following a lying shepherd. Holy hoppin' hominids! It's Dr. Chimera! And, and, and what are those monstrosities? What do you want, Chimera? What I have always wanted, to save the world. And I have decided I am not going to let you stand in my way any longer. Why do all you madmen sound the same? Why are all of you self-righteous heroes so close-minded? I tire of this conversation. Animen attack! Dr. Chimera's genetic monstrosities roar into action. Animal amalgam atrocities ranging from half-cat, half-deer, half-pig, half-turtle, to even the dreaded jackalope rush into the paddock patrons of the park. Mayor Busick, get everyone out of here. I'll handle the good doctor and his pets. We return to Fox Bay High School Gymnasium to find Fox Bay foxes are only mere moments from winning their first state championship. The crowd is electric with anticipation as Fox Bay's final gymnast prepares to step up to the mat. All right, Mackenzie, it's on you right now. You score in the top four, and state is ours. Are you kidding me, ladies? There are no phones allowed on the floor. Ah, sorry, coach. Oh, no. A single word is emblazoned on Jacqueline's phone screen. What's Onyx mean? Is that an app or something? Jacqueline sprints away from the mat without hesitation. Jackie! Only her coach stands in her way as she heads for the exit. Without breaking stride, Jacqueline lays out her coach with a single haymaker. Whoa! Where are you? Jacqueline rushes down the deserted hallway of the high school, pausing only momentarily to see if anyone has followed her. What could have happened at the zoo? Ugh, I knew I should have gone with him. Certain that she is alone, she quickly slides into a custodial closet. Once inside, she brushes a side mop bucket from in front of a Mackenzie Construction Company plaque. Placing her thumbs on the A in Mackenzie and the A in Company, she presses two hidden buttons. The plaque slides to the side and reveals a full Arrow Girl costume, jetpack, and gauntlet. Changing quickly, she flies out through a conveniently placed skylight. Rushing across town, pushing her jetpack harder than she ever has before. Time to get your head in the game, Arrow Girl. Dad always said to have a plan before you rush in. Okay, he's at the zoo, so odds are it'll probably be one of Battlejack's animal villains. Maybe Mr. Mesmerangatang? Finally arriving at Fox Bay Zoo, Arrow Girl finds a war zone. Unconscious mutants are strewn about the zoo's grounds as previously captive animals wander freely. What are these things? Aerogirl turns to see a zoo security guard backing away, terrified from a limping alligator-horse hybrid. It's gonna eat my face! Don't let it eat my face! 
two quick taser darts, and the guard is safe once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What's going on here? Dr. Chimera showed up with these monsters and attacked. Battlejack fought off as many as he could, but they overwhelmed him near the gorilla habitat. Turning towards the gorilla habitat, she begins to sprint to her father's last known location, not even breaking stride to dispel a final animan. Inside the gorilla habitat is a dire scene. Dr. Chimera's animan hold back a battered and exhausted battlejack. The mad geneticist addresses his weakened foe. Battlejack, Battlejack, Battlejack. You had to know it was always going to end like this. All your powers and all your might were never any real competition for my superior intellect. You vex me, sir. You have all this power at your disposal and you choose to simply punch things. Do you know what I could have done with just a fraction of your power? Do you know how many lives I could have changed? I am not an evil man. I am not the villain of this story. I am just a man who is cursed with a vision far beyond the primitives that I must associate with. I had considered letting you live to see the glorious future I am going to bring about. But then I think of everything that you cost me, and I know you do not deserve the honor of seeing my tomorrow. Dad! Dad! Jackie, no, stay back. Your hypocrisy knows no bounds. You lectured me for years about endangering people and you put your own child on the front line. A father's only job is to keep their children safe. This device was specifically designed to strip Battlejack of the battle spirit. But I wonder what it would do to you, Arrow Girl. In a moment that lasts but a blink of an eye, but appears to Aerogirl to last a lifetime. Battlejack leaps in front of his daughter, absorbing the beam from Dr. Chimera's weapon. The force of the blow knocks the paternal protector through the wall, Dad! leaving Aerogirl alone with the sinister scientist. My sincerest condolences. Know that it did not have to be this way. We could have been friends. We both wanted what's best for this city. The only difference is that he wanted the city to look at him as their savior, while I wanted them to stand on their own. Moving towards the fresh hole in the wall, Dr. Chimera continues to pontificate. I always knew that good would win over- Dad! Dad! I knew you were okay. Dad? When you're looking for a treat, to freshen up and keep breath sweet, there's just one gum that can't be beat. 
double flavor and fun to chew, Foxco gum is the gum for you. On this cloudy afternoon, we find ourselves at a very solemn moment. The funeral of Jack McKenzie. Jackie and Diane sit in front of a mixed crowd of mourners, along with Jack's oldest and closest friend, Detective Sam Bullock. In the group, we see friends from both of Jack's lives, mixed amongst the friends of Jack McKenzie or allies of Battle Jack in their civilian identities. Sitting directly behind Jackie and Diane are a man in his early 20s and a very stern-looking teenager. The Reverend breaks the somber silence. I know that many of you are sad. Jack has been taken away from us. Gone so suddenly from our midst. As the Reverend speaks, Jackie's mind can't help but drift to the tragic battle with Dr. Chimera that took her father's life. But I wonder what it would do to you. And while we miss him, let us remember the words of our Lord and Savior who said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jackie struggles to focus as she tries to ignore the memories of her father's last heroic act. Jack, 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 Jack. No, 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 no. Stay back. <laughs> we may be sad at the loss of our friend, but we have hope in Jesus that someday we will see him again. Dad! 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 I knew you were okay. The mourners begin to make their way over to pay their respects to a stoic Diane and a blank-faced Jackie. A figure that is more shadow than man slowly makes its way to Diane. The crowd parts as a chill precedes the supernatural entity known as Dark Manning. Your loss will be mourned on countless planes of existence. Songs will be sung of his heroics for centuries. Your husband saved the multiverse dozens of times and will never be forgotten. Dark, thank you for making it. I know it's not easy for you to be here. A young woman, impeccably dressed, makes her way slowly to the widow. The suit Vanessa Richards wears today pales in comparison to the one she dons as Metal Maiden. Your husband was the greatest man I've ever known. I wouldn't be a hero today if he hadn't helped me repurpose my great-grandfather's old metal marauder suit. I swear to you, I'll do everything I can to help protect his city. Thank you, Vanessa. It's good to know that someone will help fill Jack's shoes. A large and burly man approaches Diane. He, uh, he was the greatest boss a guy could ask for. Me and the boys will finish up the manning job. You don't have anything to worry about. Thank you, Bruno. Jack would want you to stay on schedule. He always said the job and the city come first. Jack was a great man, and he will be missed. The church is here if you need us. Thank you, Reverend Loveless. The service was beautiful. The coach of the state runner-up Fox Bay Foxes makes his way to the crestfallen team. Jackie. Take as much time as you need. Your spot isn't going anywhere. Remember the team and I are here if you need us for anything. To cry, talk, we're family. Really? Are you seriously asking me what I need? I needed not to be at your stupid championship. I needed to be there to save my dad. 
Save him? How could you save him from a heart attack? Sweeping up Jackie over his shoulder is Jack McKenzie's oldest friend, Sam Bullock. Come on, Jackie. Let's take a walk. I'm so sorry. She's taking this hard. We both are. Are you looking for a way to make breakfast as exciting as one of Arrow Girl's adventures? Well, Foxco has good news for moms across the country. Try Foxco Flakes. With their double frosting and extra pep, your family will be ready for whatever the day has in store for them. Junior's got a big game. Dad's got an important meeting. Do you have a mountain of housework to get done in time to make dinner? Then Foxco Flakes are the perfect way to start your day. It's delicious and nutritious, and even makes a great afternoon snack right out of the box. It also adds a punch of flavor to those bland casseroles. Foxco Flakes, the best way to start your day. Sam quickly takes Jackie to an isolated area away from the crowd. Jay, girl, you have to be careful about what you say. We can't have people figuring out your dad was Battle Jack. I was able to get the coroner's report to show that your dad passed in his sleep. But come on, we can't have people asking questions. A detective only has so much pull. It's all my fault, Uncle Sam. I shouldn't have gotten there sooner. I should have been at his side. I could have saved him. Or you could have died too. Chimera and those genetic freaks would have killed you, and then your mom would be all alone. Do you think your dad would have wanted that? You don't know that. Your father loved only one thing more than this city, and that was his family. He would have done anything to keep you both safe, and he did. Don't focus on how he died. You need to focus on how he lived. What he stood for. That's your dad's real legacy, and it's up to you to make sure his sacrifice wasn't in vain. I could have saved him. Shh. It's okay, kid. As the mourners begin to drift away, we find Diane in a tense conversation with Benjamin Bale and his young protege, Chris Ward, or as the criminals of Crescent City know them, the Crimson Ghost and Bandit. Mrs. McKenzie, we are so sorry for your loss. Jack has been an inspiration of mine since I was the one in the shorts. As difficult as this may be, we need to have a conversation about Jack's unexpected passing. You want to talk about where you and Wonder Boy were when he died? Hey lady, we were fighting the Queen of Hearts and her playing card crew in Crescent City. Have our own city to protect too, you know. Chris, did we not have a discussion in the car about tact? Why don't you go find Jackie? I'm sure she could use a friend right now, especially one who's been through what she's going through. Mrs. McKenzie and I need to have a serious talk. No making decisions without me. That's our deal. I promise. I know you never truly liked my predecessor because he was always so secretive, so I'm going to be straight with you. We're facing a dire situation, one that can't wait. My daughter watched her father die violently right before her eyes. What could be worse than that? The battle spirit is missing. From what Adam's file on the battle spirit and battle Jack says... Why did Adam have a file on Jack? Isn't that something that he would do for things he thought were a threat? Adam was... a tad 
overly thorough. He kept files on every hero and villain he came in contact with. The battle spirit should have been passed to someone when he died. At first, I thought Chimera had it, but it's been three days and he would have used it by now. You don't think... Do, do, do you think, Jackie? No. No. If she had it, she would have tried to take Chimera down already. But I think she might know where it is, though. The usually brash and confident Crescent City sidekick awkwardly approaches the crestfallen Jackie. Hey. Hey. So, there's this club. We don't have meetings or anything, but we're there if you need us. It's just me and Aquarian and Earthia. We call it the Dead Dads Club. There's only one way to get in, and once you're in, you never really leave. Other people may try to sympathize and say they understand your pain, but if they're not in the club, they don't really get it. I'm really sorry you had to join the club. How did you even get over it? I just... I don't know how to live in a world that doesn't have my dad in it. I just live like he's still here. I do what I think he would want me to be doing if he didn't die. Our dads wouldn't want us to quit living our lives. They trained us to be heroes, and if we quit, then that means they were wasting their time. Yeah, I guess you're right. Plus, I didn't actually see him die, so that made it a little easier. I oh, I, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry, Jackie. Please don't cry more. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> Just shut up and sit with me. Dr. Chimera furiously storms his lab. Smaller animens scatter as not to be trounced by the irate scientist. The only sound other than the doctor's ranting is the large stasis tube glowing in the corner. The silhouette of a teenage boy can be seen floating in the blue, glowing, fluid-filled tube. That muscle-bound buffoon. Why couldn't he see the wisdom of my plan? The things we could have accomplished together. With his muscle and my superior intellect, we could have ushered in a golden age to the citizens of Fox Bay. You, my enemy-men, are just the first phase in unlocking mankind's true potential. My gene bomb will force this progress. It will usher in a new stage of human evolution upon everyone in its way. Chimera's lab is oddly quiet. The enemy dare not make a noise for fear of drawing the master's attention. How do we get the battle spirit now? Clyde, the doctor's faithful turtle monkey hybrid assistant, quickly offers his advice. The Astro Vibro Slicer? If only it was so simple. The lower ionic resonance field has short circuit. Also, I would need to find the subatomic harmonic wavelength that is in direct discord with the pugilist primate's personal harmonic energies. The genius geneticist runs his hand gently over the stasis tube. The fire that was burning within him moments before has been extinguished. But don't you worry, Josiah. That sucker-punching simian will taste my wrath. 
It is not my priority. My priority is and will always be you. Roulette disease may have claimed your mother, but I will not let it take you as well. He steps in front of the stasis tube and stands in front of a large mechanical contraption. This hulking mass of mad science is the doctor's gene bomb. I will find a way to defeat this disease, even if I have to use the entire city as guinea pigs. Kids, are you tired of the same old breakfast? Do you want to try something that will knock the socks right off your regular boring breakfast? Then you need to tell mom to go out and buy a big box of Foxco Flakes. With double the frosting and double the pep of other brands, you can just hear the flavors popping in the bowl. Foxco Flakes will have you jumping for joy around the breakfast table. And your mother will be glad to get you a bowl when she finds out it's part of a balanced and nutritious breakfast. Be a go-getter and get your mom to pick up a box of Foxco Flakes today. Late evening in downtown Fox Bay. A week has passed since the fateful day at Fox Bay Zoo. A somber cloud covers the city. Their hero, Battlejack, is missing and rumored dead. Crime has slowly been on the rise as cowardly criminals begin to realize they no longer have anything to fear. Fox Bay needs a hero, and if Battlejack is gone, who or what will step up? Are you sure you know where we're going? Of course I do. I'm pretty sure we passed this hot dog vendor twice. We have not. The last cart was Polish sausages. Can I at least get a hot dog then? I'm starving. A hot dog? We're on our way to dinner. Quit complaining. We're almost there. You've been saying that for 45 minutes. What are those things? Why does that teddy bear have eight mechanical legs? Run! Citizens run in terror as a swarm of sentient soldiers soldered from savage march in front of an elderly man, riding atop what can only be described as a quadrupedal tow truck. Cower in fear of the salvage king of Fox Bay. For far too long I've quietly collected your refuse and tolerated your wasteful nature. Day after day, can after can of perfectly good things discarded in favor of what's new and shiny. You all think we live in a disposable society. It's so much easier for you to throw things out than to fix them. And now the city thinks it can throw me away? The citizens of Fox Bay run panicked from the encroaching miniature mechanoids. Though only a meter tall, their sheer numbers are enough to make even the most courageous quake in their homes. The mechanoids begin dismantling everything in their path. They're taking doors off of cars, disassembling traffic lights, tearing apart anything that can help complete the Salvage King's masterwork. Excellent! Excellent! That light pole will reinforce the legs perfectly. No, we have enough tires. Try to find more doors for shielding. Maybe something red. From a nearby rooftop, a roar is heard, echoing down to the street below. 
A large figure with glowing fists has been surveying the scene and is now leaping into action. Is that him? Who else has glowing fists? It has to be Battlejack. Standing amidst the destroyed mechanoids is a seven-foot-tall enraged silverback gorilla, Jack-Jack. He has a pair of familiar glowing fists. The primate positions itself between the citizens and the salvage king, locking eyes with the would-be city conqueror. What in the world are you? <laughs> the powerful primate begins to smash every mechanoid in sight. The army of pint-sized automatons attack Jack-Jack. Though greatly outnumbered, the unparalleled strength of the super simian makes short work of the salvage king's minions. Not so fast, Fuzzball! You may have defeated my mechanoids, but you are no match for the completed Recyclinator! Previously only quadrupedal, the now bipedal toe truck stands nearly twice as tall as Jack-Jack. Large motorized arms spring to life and attempt to strike the gallant gorilla. Jack-Jack grabs the arm of the Recyclator and effortlessly pulls it from its socket. Without a moment's hesitation, Jack-Jack pulverizes the Salvage King's prized possession with its own limb. Wait! Stop! How are you this strong? Not the Electro-Fist that took two weeks to make! The panicked Salvage King scrambles away from the wreckage of his life's work, desperate to put distance between him and the Super Simian. To me, my minions! Help your king! Minions? Back at the Mackenzie home, Jackie is on the couch, wrapped in a blanket and sorrow. A cup of cold, hot chocolate sits in front of her, untouched from when her mom gave it to her hours ago. The young hero in training scarcely resembles the plucky sidekick she was just a few days prior. With a blank stare upon her face, she sits oblivious to the TV program before her. This is Casanova McQueen sitting in for Sonny Hayes, and these are the top stories of the day. Army loses state-of-the-art vehicle after painting it camouflaged. Illegal pigeon racing ring raided. Three dozen arrested. The fighting Fox Bay Foxes ferociously vanquished the visiting Crescent City Knights by a score of 7-2. Is there life on the moon? A local amateur astronomer says there is. Someone in the downtown area has created a white submersible spherical drone with dimples all over it. And in sports, all the golf balls at the Fox Bay driving range are going missing. Birdie Green to tee that up. Have the Emu Wars started again? Our Australian correspondent, Grant Daymate, has the scoop. All this and more tonight, but first, our top story. A villain calling himself the Salvage King was defeated by what some witnesses yeah. describe as a glowing fist. Honey, you didn't touch your hot cocoa. I told you I didn't want it. But you love hot cocoa. Yeah. I loved having it with dad after patrols. It's time for bed. You have gymnastics in the morning. Gymnastics? 
Why in the heck would I go to gymnastics? You already said I couldn't be Arrow Girl anymore. So why would I go to gymnastics? You started gymnastics years before you started training as Arrow Girl. It wasn't always about training. You did it for fun. And that fun got dad killed. He needed me and I was off doing somersaults and flips. If I wasn't wasting time in gymnastics, I could have saved him. You know that isn't true. Sam told you what happened at the zoo. Your dad made sure everyone got out, but it exhausted him. What happened to your father was tragic, but there was nothing you could have done. You don't know that. I could have- No, you're a 14-year-old girl. You should never have been out there to begin with. I'm not just a 14-year-old girl. I'm a hero. Jackie storms out of the house and heads into the garage. What was once used for training has been converted into a living area. Piles of sheets are strewn about on the sparring mat. Her gauntlet and jetpack rest on the workbench, untouched since that tragic day at the zoo. Unbeknownst to the irate teenager, she is not alone. Just a girl? How can she say that? Just a girl? I worked my butt off to be Arrow Girl. Girls my age are off going to dances in the mall, and I was in the woods bouncing off trees trying to learn how to use a jetpack. I knew she never believed in me. The frustrated teen flops down on top of her makeshift bed, lying back, staring at the ceiling. The young hero in training silently fume. What? What is that? That sounds like it's coming from the loft where Dad keeps the Christmas decorations. The gymnast quickly scales the makeshift rock-climbing wall, where she and her father used to practice scaling buildings, pulling herself up nimbly towards the loft. Um... Hello? Who's up here? (laughs) Ah! A startled Jackie stumbles backwards off of the loft. Without thought, her hand shoots out and grabs the rock wall. Dangling from a single handhold, the agile athlete kicks off the wall and lands gracefully on the ground. She quickly sprints to the workbench and grabs her gauntlet. Without hesitation, she fires a taser dart at Jack-Jack. Get back! The confused primate's fists begin to glow, and he decides to flee the hostile team by leaping out the open skylight. Oh my god! That was the gorilla from the zoo! Without hesitation, Jackie dons her jetpack and speeds after the escaping gorilla. As she hovers above the garage, she spies the glow-fisted Jack-Jack standing on a street corner in front of the Mackenzie household. Jack-Jack! Jack-Jack, stop! Jack-Jack turns and leaps into the air, disappearing into the woods hundreds of yards away. Jackie speeds after Jack-Jack. She chases the oversized primate through the woods, expertly bobbing and weaving between the trees. Upon entering a clearing, the young hero finally comes face to face with the massive primate. Jackie approaches Jack-Jack cautiously until she is staring into his eyes. Dad? Dad? Are you in there? I I know you said that the battle spirit doesn't transfer memories, but please tell me you were wrong and that there's some part of you in there. I need you to know that I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wasn't there to save you. I'm sorry that I failed you, that I wasn't ready for the battle spirit. I don't don't know how I'll do it, but I won't fail, Fox Bay. I'll find a way to keep our city safe. I'm sorry. 
The large gorilla pulls the diminutive and distraught teenager in for a hug. The two share a quiet moment as Jackie makes peace with her father's passing. Let's, let's go home, Jack-Jack. The unlikely pair has made their way back to the Mackenzie homestead. What do I do about you, Jack-Jack? Dad said the battle spirit could choose a host if it had to. That's how it chose him when the battalion died. So if it chooses you, you must be a hero. Do, do you want to help me? Do you, do you even understand? <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Tucking the gorilla in for the night in the garage, Jackie makes her own way back towards the house. Sleep tight. A small grin appears on the teen's face as she enters her home, with a still cooling jetpack on her back. This could work. Jacqueline Rose Mackenzie, where have you been? Why are you wearing your jetpack? You're so much more than grounded. But mom... No, not today, not ever again. Your days of being Arrow Girl are officially over. Fox Coca-Cola is a favorite among thirsty people everywhere. And because of its secret formula, it has half the calories and twice the pep of other brands. A favorite from Boston to Los Angeles, Fox Coca-Cola is loved by families across the country. Perfect for parties or a night in, so always keep your icebox stocked with bottles of cold, refreshing Fox Coca-Cola. A typically serene morning in the woods behind the Mackenzie house is being interrupted by the whir of a jetpack and the crashing of a gorilla leaping through the woods. Good, Jack-Jack. Keep moving and watch where you land. We don't want to squish an innocent squirrel family. Arrow Girl is bearing down on Jack-Jack, firing concussive darts at the leaping simian. Whoa, whoa! Slow down! Look out for that tree! Great work today, Jack-Jack. Remember, you can't go home until we leave for gymnastics. At gym practice, a clearly distracted Jackie stands on a pommel horse, staring off into the distance, lost in deep thought. The bark of her gymnastics coach snaps her back to reality. Jackie, off the horse! Oh, sorry, coach. I I had brain freeze. Won't happen again. Third time today. If you are mentally here, you shouldn't physically be out here. You're kicking me out? There's something on your mind, and you need to work through it. Are you kidding? Celeste and Carlisle have been on their phones for ten minutes, and nobody seems to care. Take a ten and come back. Ugh. A frustrated Jackie makes her way out into the parking lot outside of the gym, staring at the full moon above her. What am I thinking? Can I really fight crime with a gorilla? And how long can I possibly keep this from Mom? Ugh. There's only one person I know who can understand what I'm going through. I sure hope Chris isn't busy tonight. We find the teen sidekick in a heated battle in downtown Crescent City. Bandit and Crimson Ghost are joined by Metal Maiden as the trio is in the midst of a heated battle with the fantastic Fantachini and his army of evil fuzzles. Ferocious felt monstrosities rampage through a carnival as terrified citizens scamper in search of safety. You busy? Uh, not, 
not really. Just a regular Friday night. You remember the gorilla Ben was asking my mom about? It's sleeping in my garage, and I'm thinking of using it to fight crime. Is that crazy? That's not crazy, is it? I mean, it has my dad's powers, so it seems like a waste not to use them for good, right? That's not crazy. The gorilla is at your house? How long has it been there? Uh, he showed up a few days after the zoo. He's been sleeping in the big garage, and I don't know how to tell my mom. Ugh. Can I call you back? I've got a fuzzle problem. <laughs> Fuzzles? The puppets from that children's show? Why are you fighting children's puppets? That's not nice! Oh. Oh, take that! It's a Friday night in Crescent City. When am I not fighting puppets or sentient shrubbery? As Bandit rises up to once again face a charging life-size puppet pachyderm, we will switch our attention to the other heroes bravely battling the baddie Blackguard. The Crimson Ghost stands back to back with the Metal Maiden as the pair are encircled by a cornucopia of fuzzles. A smile can be seen on the face of the Crimson Ghost. I promised you a good time, didn't I? Well, when you said you wanted to do something tonight, I thought there would be dancing, not felt fistfights. Why do all of our dates end up this way? They don't all end up this way. Uh-huh. What about last Thursday? How could I know Snowmageddon would try to block out the sun before we finish dinner? And the Sunday before that? Electronicus? He's your villain. Well, true, but who wanted to go search for a secret lair instead of going back for the creme brulee his date had been dreaming about for a week? <sighs> Let's focus on the task at hand. If we wrap this up quickly, we can still make those dinner reservations. I love a 20-year-old business. A life-size cartoonish marionette stands atop a churro cart and addresses his audience. Run! Run, all you little ants! <laughs> the fantastic Vantosini claims this carnival for all fuzzle kind! <laughs> you have freed, my brothers and sisters, and will no longer be dancing for your children's amusement. We won't allow you heathens to pull our strings any longer! <laughs> Tonight's entertainment is brought to you by the letter A for Radaki. <laughs> is he actually fighting for Fuzzle rights? Are Fuzzle sentient? Because if so, my childhood just got a lot darker. No, they aren't sentient. This nutter is a low-level telekinetic who got his psyche trapped inside a doll and has lost his grip with reality. Another one? I'm really glad Ernie the Emu won't feel this. The Crimson Ghost acrobatically flips over a charging seven-foot-tall emu fuzzle, firing a pellet from his own twin handguns into its mouth. Um, <coughs> the emu, and remember, <coughs> me and you is emu. He lands deftly as Ernie the Emu falls into the smoke pouring from his mouth. <coughs> It's over, Fantacini. Don't make this any worse. The fantastic Fantacini sees the tide turning and begins a hasty escape. Over, Crimson Ghost! <laughs> this is only the first intermission! 
The pint-sized psychic puppeteer attempts to scurry away from the onslaught. Without hesitation, the crimson ghost reaches into his utility belt and throws a bolo that quickly captures the fiend. Strings! A fuzzle's only weakness! Bandit approaches the two heroes, covered in fuzz and dragging a long elephant trunk, coughing as he spits out a few errant pieces of cotton. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world happened to you? <laughs> Mr. Wafflepants swallowed me. I had to dig my way out. Psst, that must have been fun. Well, Ben and I are going to go get some dessert. Do you want to come? Do we really want to bring the kid on our date? Come on, have a heart. He was just swallowed by a life-sized felt elephant. You can relax, Ghost. I have no desire to be a third wheel. But we need to head to Fox Bay as soon as possible. Arrow Girl has found the battle spirit. The secret laboratory of Dr. Chimera is oddly quiet. Where we typically hear the hustle and bustle of his army of animen, we hear only the quiet humming of his machines. The animen are asleep, save all but... Chimera's trusty assistant, Clyde, who sits quietly at his master's side. My plan hinged on using the battle spirit to amplify my gene bomb. Without it, only a few blocks will be affected. It is hardly a big enough test pool to make any real progress. <sighs> Josiah? Josiah? What am I supposed to do? Your mother always knew what to do. She kept me centered. How long has she been gone? A year? Five? A decade? It is all such a blur to me now. The doctor taps a few keys, and an image of a smiling family fills the countless monitors in front of him. A studious, gray-templed man proudly holds the hand of a lovely young woman, while a toddler rests upon his shoulders. It is the picture of familial bliss. Dear sweet Isabella, have I lost my way? Is there another way, a path I am too... Is there another way, a path I am too stubborn to see? The doctor's quiet contemplation is interrupted by a cacophony of alarms as Josiah's vitals take a sudden turn for the worse. No, no, no! The desperate doctor's deft fingers move like a concert pianist's across the keyboard as he tries to save his... No, no, no. Stay with me, Josiah. I can't lose you as well. The alarms and lights subside, and the softness that was once upon the doctor has been forever stripped away as he realizes what must be done. He's stable. For now. What was I thinking? I've lost my way. I've just been procrastinating. I can't wait any longer. I must finish Monstro so I can launch the G-Bon as soon as possible. We leave the determined doctor to find the Mackenzie women enjoying a silent, if tense, meal. Diane can see that something is weighing heavily on the mind of her daughter. Coach Ray told me that you've been having a hard time at practice. What's going on? I'm just not sure if gymnastics is for me anymore, you know? Are you sure, honey? You've been doing gymnastics since you could walk. It's just, I've been doing a lot of thinking, and it's time I started taking on more responsibilities. Dad wouldn't want me to just sit around and mope. 
To be honest, I was hoping you would want to help around the house more. Now that I'm running the construction company, I could use all the help I can get. Oh. Um. Okay. I wasn't talking about housework. But I guess I could help around the house a little more afterwards. Are you talking about superheroing? We've been over this. It's too dangerous. It's dangerous out there because no one is keeping the city safe. Think of all the people that would have been hurt if Dad had stayed home because it's dangerous. He had the battle spirit. Let someone else protect the city. Vanessa, Benjamin, and Chris have already said that they would help. Yeah, so now Rubico and Crescent City citizens aren't as protected because their heroes are moonlighting over here? We can keep Fox Bay safe. Before the fight can reach a crescendo, a large crashing sound echoes from outside. Diane quickly moves for the back door, but Jackie attempts to cut her off. We? Who is in the garage? Ah, don't freak, Mom. Seriously, I can explain. Diane enters her garage to find a scene of absolute chaos. The dynamic duo of Benjamin Bale and Chris Ward are attempting to subdue an enraged Jack-Jack. Diane has mere seconds to process this before Benjamin is thrown into I told you this wouldn't work! I'm man enough to admit that this wasn't one of my best ideas. That's an understatement. There was enough sedative in that dart to put down an elephant. How is he still standing? What's plan B? Uh, not getting killed by an enraged primate is plan B. Your tactical prowess never ceases to amaze me. The chaos in the garage grinds to an immediate halt as Diane enters. Benjamin? Christopher? What is going on? Jack-Jack! Jack-Jack! These are my friends. We don't hurt them, no matter how stupid they act. Jacqueline, Rose, Mackenzie, you have five seconds to explain what a gorilla is doing in our garage. Uh, this is Jack-Jack. Jack-Jack saved me from Chimera, has dad's powers and needs a place to live. Don't be mad. He's usually really, really nice. I swear. It has Jack's powers? How is that even possible? Benjamin, you need to get this thing out of my garage now. I'm not sure we could if we wanted to. Jack-Jack not only has Jack's battle spirit, but it seems like aspects of Jack's personality have rubbed off on him as well. A heavy-hearted Diane turns to face the massive primate. She walks slowly up to Jack-Jack, staring intently into his eyes. Are you saying that some of my Jack is in there? He found us, Mom. He showed up outside my window a couple of nights ago, and I can't explain it, but he seems to understand me. I know he isn't Dad, but but I think he's a hero, just like Dad. Do you hear yourself? Does any of this sound possible? I fought my way out of a living puppet last night. There are three members of the Samaritans that defy the laws of physics. We live in a world where anything is possible. The tense silence is broken by Battlejack's police scanner erupting to life. All eyes turn to the innocuous gray box. All available units needed at Ninus Tower. There's a Zeppelin circling and the tower is under siege by mutant animals. Evacuation and containment are priorities. I repeat, all units to Ninus Tower.
Chimera. We have to stop him. You guys have costumes on you? Do you even have to ask? Meet you there. The two Crescent City heroes dart out the door, making their way to a black sedan parked in front of the Mackenzie house. Jackie goes to grab her Arrow Girl gear, but is stopped by her mother. Diane stands in front of her daughter with a stern look upon her face. Where do you think you're going, young lady? Are you deaf? Didn't you hear the scanner? Chimera is attacking. I have to go. Jackie attempts to sidestep her mother and reaches for her jetpack, but Diane quickly grabs her daughter's wrists. Let go, Mom. The city needs me. Ben and Chris are on their way. I'm sure it's nothing they can't handle. It's Dr. Chimera. How can you expect me to just sit here and do nothing? He killed Dad. Don't you hear yourself? He killed your father. With all of his powers and all of his experience, your father couldn't beat him. Do you really think that you and a gorilla you just met could do what your dad couldn't? I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing while our city is under attack. You can and you will. I've told you that part of your life is over. I refuse to lose you two. Are you looking for a way to make breakfast as exciting as one of Arrow Girl's adventures? Well, Foxco has good news for moms across the country. Try Foxco Flakes. With their double frosting and extra pep, your family will be ready for whatever the day has in store for them. Junior's got a big game. Dad's got an important meeting. Do you have a mountain of housework to get done in time to make dinner? Then Foxco Flakes are the perfect way to start your day. It's delicious and nutritious and even makes a great afternoon snack right out of the box. It also adds a punch of flavor to those bland casseroles. Foxco Flakes, the best way to start your day. We open not on our titular hero, but on the courageous champions of Crescent City, Crimson Ghost and Bandit. The duo have just quickly switched into their heroic garb and are preparing to leave the Mackenzie house. Sitting in the ghostmobile, the Crimson Ghost begins to flip toggles and press buttons with the dexterity of a concert pianist. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Isn't that supposed to be my line? Sorry, chum. Old habits die hard. The ghostmobile speeds towards downtown Fox Bay as Crimson Ghost and Bandit prepare to combat the evil Dr. Chimera's army of mutant enemy. Evil mutant animals attacking downtown? Fox Bay is way cooler than Crescent City. You don't think Kite Master and the Kite Brigade are enough of a threat? The Kite Guy? He's only trouble on a windy day. Shouldn't we be calling in the Samaritans? They're still in the Null Dimension, fighting the agents of the Spectral Web. But don't worry, I called in some old friends. Their sleek and stylish sedan speeds down the highway, easily cutting through the slow and moving traffic. Give Arrow Girl a quick call and update her. Get her ETA. Hopefully she doesn't beat us there with that jetpack of hers. Arrow Girl, what's your ETA? Arrow Girl? The tension in the Mackenzie's garage is palpable as Diane refuses to relinquish control of Jackie's jetpack. The young superheroine is pleading with her mother as Bandit's call continues to go unanswered. 
Mom, they're calling me. I need to answer. I said no. This isn't a part of our lives anymore. Arrow girl, come in. Jackie, are you there? Get off the phone, Christopher. She's not leaving this house. Diane, I understand that you're hurting, but we need every available hero on this one. The Samaritans aren't available. Dark is on another plane. Metal Maiden is in orbit dealing with some sort of ancient Egyptian satellite. Aragorn has the most experience dealing with the Chimera, and we could really use her insight. How dare you tell me to send her out after the man who killed Jack? When I was Bandit and Adam died, I didn't want to put my uniform on again. Jack was the one who told me what we did had a bigger meaning. He said that... You don't think I haven't heard his power and responsibility speech? I'm only going to say this once, Benjamin. Arrow Girl doesn't exist anymore. Jackie is all I have, and I will be damned if I let her risk her life anymore. Diane turns from the video screen and towards Jackie. Prepared for the fight to continue with her daughter, she tries to keep a calm tone, but is startled to see Jackie in full costume and giving Jack-Jack instructions. Honey, I know you're not going to understand right now why I... Okay, Jack-Jack, we have to go save the city now. You follow me and basically punch anything that tries to bite you. Jacqueline, Rose, Mackenzie, what do you think you're doing? You heard Crimson Ghost. The city needs me, and I can't and won't ignore them. This is what Dad trained me for. Is this happening sooner than we want? Of course, but that doesn't change the fact that Fox Bay needs its hero. They need us. It's my responsibility now. Responsibility? What about my responsibility to you? What kind of mother would I be if I let my only daughter go out and do exactly what killed her father? Mom. Your dad is gone, but I can't risk losing you. You're all I have left. Jackie lowers her goggles and removes her gauntlet. She takes her panic-stricken mother's hands into her own. Mom, I know... But what about what Dad would want? Dad wouldn't want me, or us, to stop living our lives. Think of everything he gave to the city. Would he want us to let Chimera destroy it? Those are lives Battlejack saved, and buildings that Dad built out there. If I don't go out, what kind of daughter and sidekick am I? I know it's dangerous, but if I don't go and stop Chimera, it would be... It would be like watching Dad die all over again. It's like Dad always said. A Mackenzie built, built this city, and, and a Mackenzie will keep, keep it, it safe. safe. I don't like this, and I honestly don't know if I ever will. But I understand it. But I'm always going to worry about you. You're my little girl. Promise me you will be careful and won't take any unnecessary risks. I promise, Mom. Jackie turns from her mom and finishes adjusting her goggles and gauntlet. She places her free hand on one of Jack-Jack's massive paws. The simian's mighty fists have begun to glow, and Jackie smiles as she addresses her new crime-fighting partner. 
it's a beautiful night to save lives. Let's go have some fun. Inside Dr. Kamara's Zeppelin, we find the doctor surveying his minions from the open bay door. Behind him is an enormous animan, roughly three times the size of any of his other amalgamated siblings. Smaller mutants are strapping a harness onto the massive elephant and bull hybrid. Once we have fixed the gene bomb to the top of Ninus Tower, we shall flood the city with morphogenic radiation and all the citizens of Fox Bay will enter a glorious new age. Today will forever be remembered as the day I save the world from disease and sickness. Chimera addresses a legion of winged animen. The blended animals shuffle nervously as their creator gives them instruction. Those short-sighted super-simpletons will undoubtedly try and stop us from helping Fox Bay. It is their heroic nature to be resistant to solutions that don't involve flexing and punching. They will never see that it takes a different value system to change the world. It is up to you to stop them, no matter the cost. The bay door of the Zeppelin opens, and a flood of winged animals fills the sky. This way, Monstro. The gene bomb affixed to your back is going to usher in a new age of humanity. The Ghostmobile roars down the streets of downtown Fox Bay, the powerful roadster weaving in and out of vehicles abandoned by panicked citizens. Crimson Ghost and Bandit arrive at the Ninus Towers to find a legion of enemy battling the superhero team known as the Team Stars. Founded by the current Crimson Ghost when he was still Bandit, this team of five young heroes was more than happy to answer their old friend's call. Their current team leader, Earthia, meets the Crescent City duo. Earthia, tell me the Teen Stars aren't afraid of woodland creatures. I'm hoping I didn't make the wrong choice in leaving you in charge. Nice to see you two band up, Crimson Ghost. <laughs> I'm never going to get used to this. You and me both. These things are everywhere. We've pretty much evacuated the block, but something weird is going on. I just saw a kangaroo a- orangutan hybrid. Everything about this is weird. The creatures aren't destroying anything. If we don't enter the plaza, they just seem content to stare at us. The trio of heroes looks toward the tower named after the city's wealthiest resident. Near the top of the steel and glass skyscraper, through a cloud of flying animen, they can see that Chimera Zeppelin has docked. Where is Battlejack? He knows Chimera better than anyone. I'm surprised he didn't beat us here. Battlejack isn't available. Not available? Is he with the Samaritans again? Does it really matter? It's not the first time and it won't be the last time when we have to figure things out on the fly. The hulking form of Jack-Jack slams into the ground near the heroes, leaving a small crater. Or maybe not. Moments later, Arrow Girl lands gracefully near her simian sidekick. Sorry, we're late. Had finished my work. Did, um, Chimera turn Battlejack into a gorilla? No. Battlejack is gone and it's Chimera's fault. So let's focus on kicking his butt. Chimera must be getting ready to deploy his gene bomb. Battlejack said that Chimera was developing something that he wanted to power with the Battle Spear. It's why he attacked the zoo and killed my dad. Is the gene bomb as bad as it sounds? Worse. Chimera wants to use everyone as guinea pigs so he can create some sort of perfect being. 
That sounds sane. Do we even know what he's hoping to get out of this? What What is his endgame? He's an insane genius. I'm sure he has some twisted logic behind his actions. Who cares why he's doing this? We need to stop him. What's the plan? We fight through an ocean of mutants, and I jet-kick the good doctor in his face. The simplest plans are the best. You heard her. Teen Star Strike! The leader of the Teen Stars begins to morph as she rushes forward. Where once there was a young woman, now there is a massive stone god. Time to put them between a rock and a hard place! The Atlantean, Aquatico, bashes open a fire hydrant and directs a torrent of water towards the enemy army. I thought we had some weird creatures in Atlantis, but these things are both astounding and hideous. Zephyr, the Greek demigod of speed, is a blur of action moving citizens to a safe distance. Now would be a good time to put away your phones and run. Things are going to get pretty crazy pretty fast. Stellar Lad, the boy from another world, is methodically tasing Enemen with his dual ray guns. The odds of winning this fight are currently 63%. Now it's 67%. The joking gymnast Giglio cartwheels into the fray, throwing out as many jokes as he does knock-knock balls. I, I don't mean to brag, but among my many talents is that I'm fairly fluent in pig Latin. It's mostly conversational, but I'm willing to act as a negotiator. As the battle ensues, the heroes make little headway towards the tower. Bandit rides on the back of Jack-Jack, whipping projectiles at nearby enemy, while Giglio and Stella Lad mow down an incoming group of Chimera's creations. Ooh, 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 since these are all one-of-a-kind animals, does that mean we're beating up endangered species? Because I'd actually really like to cross that off my bucket list. This is awesome! Uh, where did that gorilla come from, and uh, when do I get to ride it? Well, Giglio, it appears to be an eastern gorilla, or Gorilla Beringay, the largest living primate. They originate from the volcanic slopes of Rwanda and Uganda. Well, we're just gonna have to change your name from Stalalad to Mr. Encyclopedia. A panicked citizen scurries away from the encroaching animal. Drool drips from the fangs of the hideous bulldog-baboon hybrid. As the Sidian cries out in terror, a jet stream of water knocks the mutant away. Stop! Stay back! Oh no, no, oh no! Please don't let it eat me! Somebody! Anybody help me! Oh my god! Thank you! Thank you! Who... Who are you? Name's Aquatico. In a blur of motion, the citizen disappears and is replaced by the vibrating form of the Teen Star Super Speedster. Come on, there are more people who need help around the west side of the building. Let's go! Uh, Aquatico, west is this way. Uh, I, I knew that. The two teen stars come upon a school bus surrounded by enemen. Scared children stare out the windows, pleading for the young heroes to save them. What do you think? You, Mammy? These are humans, not Atlanteans. We don't know how long they can hold their breath. <sighs> Service blowers. Typhonado. That really only works near a body of water. I've got a super kinetic magic shrimp punch! punch. 
as scores of animen are flushed past them by Aquatico and Zephyr, Aerogirl has grown extremely frustrated with the hero's lack of progress towards the tower. This is taking too long. Clear a path, and Jack-Jack and I will go through it. Atop Ninnis Tower, Chimera is with Monstro as the behemoth mutant places the gene bomb down. A small cadre of adamants stand at the ready to protect the doctor and his nefarious invention. Chimera activates a holographic communicator on his wrist, and a flickering image of his assistant Clyde appears. Clyde, how is Josiah? <laughs> Clyde, we have been over this. You are the only one that I can trust with his safety. Now turn the camera on to my son. As the image of Dr. Chimera's young son appears on the hollow projection, the demeanor of the evil genius softens. He reaches out and gently touches the projection of his young son's face. Soon, Josiah, you will be out of stasis and we can finally go to that amusement park you and your mother always wanted to visit. The tender moment between father and son is interrupted by the arrival of Arrow Girl and Jack-Jack. The pair erupt from the far edge of the building, knocking Enemin about as they make a beeline towards Dr. Chimera. <laughs> Chimera turns quickly back to his vid screen and addresses his faithful assistant. Why won't these blasted heroes just step aside and let me save the world? Clyde, you know what your job is. <laughs> An enraged arrow girl hovers above Chimera while Jack-Jack slowly makes his way forward. The air is thick with tension as the young superhero faces her father's killer. Arrow girl, I can only imagine what you are feeling right now. I ask you only give me a moment to explain what I am accomplishing tonight. This is bigger than you and I. You see my son? A flurry of projectiles from Aerogirl's gauntlet interrupts Chimera, narrowly missing the mad geneticist. After everything you've done, you think I'm here to talk? You killed my father. I'm here to end you once and for all. Jack-Jack, smash the bomb. The super simian leaps towards the gene bomb, but is stopped by the massive monstro. <laughs> The two powerful beasts grapple as Chimera tries to issue an order to his remaining enemy, but Arogo rushes in and drags him to the sky. Stop him! Flying to a height that she has never attempted before, Arogo stops and hovers above the glistening city of Fox Bay, holding Dr. Chimera by the ankle with her gauntleted hand. What are you doing, Jackie? What's your plan, little girl? Are you going to kill me and leave my son without a father? What would your father think of that? My dad isn't here anymore. With that, Aerogirl releases her grip and watches as Dr. Chimera plummets toward the earth. While watching Chimera fall, Aerogirl's mind wanders back to the night her dad revealed he was a superhero. Battlejack had brought a ten-year-old Jackie along to watch him take down a fairly middling villain. In the aftermath of Battlejack's victory, the father and daughter watch as the villain is carted away. 
What do you see, Jack? I see the bad guy whose butt you just kicked. It was awesome. Language, young lady. You know, Master Morpher isn't really to blame for all this. He's a being pulled from another dimension and stuck in a world he doesn't understand. People use that against him and convince him to do bad things because they promise to take him home. So he isn't a bad guy? It's rarely that black and white. You'll understand more when you're older. Isn't this the third time you busted Master Morpher this year? Hmm. That sounds about right. He does have the tendency to break out of Iron Gate. I don't get it, then. What's on your mind? Wouldn't it be better if Mr. Man stuck him in the Nightmare Dimension? Why don't we just get rid of him forever? That's the million-dollar question, and every hero has to answer it for themselves. Remember this. To seek justice is a good and noble thing. To seek revenge out of hatred and fear is something that will eventually corrupt you. We must always keep a higher moral code. It separates us from the villains we fight, that we don't have to settle for a simple, final solution. We stand for what everyone would like to be able to stand for, when standing is hardest. That's what makes us heroes. That's what That's makes what us makes heroes. heroes. With the words of her father still echoing in her head, Arrow Girl dives after Dr. Chimera, pushing her jet back to its limit. No, 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 come on, come on! She only hopes she did not act too late. Firing a grappling claw from her gauntlet, Arrow Girl pulls up the moment she feels it is secure onto Chimera. Straining upwards, Arrow Girl swings the doctor back towards the plaza. Once under control, she lowers the captured villain into the arms of victorious team stars who stand surrounded by unconscious and bound animate. Arrow Girl, you did it! I totally thought you were going to let him fall. That's not the type of hero I was raised to be. What happened to the gene bomb? Where's Jack-Jack? You don't get to call yourself the Crimson Ghost and not know how to dismantle a madman's bomb. As if on cue, a slightly battered Jack-Jack drabs the unconscious form of the massive animate Monstro. Good job, Jack-Jack. Bandit, can you and the Teen Stars handle the cleanup? Jack-Jack and I have to get going. What's so important that you can't stay? It's Meatloaf Night. What thrilling adventures await Fox Bay's fearless protectors? Will the team of Arrow Girl and Jack-Jack keep their city safe? These questions and more will be answered in Season 2 of the Arrow Girl Adventures. This episode of the Arrow Girl Adventures featured the vocal talents of... Kelsey Lorimer. Megan Dornbrock. Pete Lutz. David Steele. Mark Marble. James Ninnis. Natalia Ninnis. Jim Ford. Doug Horn. Joshua Lorimer. Jules Rivera. Morgan Jenkins. Sam Legasic. Dwayne Feenstra. Patrick O'Rourke. Woody Tondorf. Jackson Bailey. Christine Chester. Peter Grelly. Tess Kokio. Cesar Cordero. Bodder Milligan. Alex Pankratz-Brown. Josh Henneman. 
the Ram Vartian. The Arrow Girl Adventures would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his music. You can find more of Kevin's music at incompetech.com. The Adventures of Arrow Girl is a copyrighted comic published by Action Lab Entertainment and is available digitally and in print. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is Morning Dew by Liquid and used under a Creative Commons license. The link is in the show notes. You can support International Podcast Month via coffee or PayPal and by retweeting, sharing, and talking about the event using the IPM 2019 hashtag. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and information on the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.